the Jetsons didn't get a lot of things right, but they did get the video phone right. And while they didn't get the flying car, or even more to the point, the flying car that folds up into a suitcase, they did successfully predict things that fold up into other things. Homers and hammers and homers and hammers and homers and hammers and homers and hammers. Well, for as much drama that I thought would not happen at the Scotties, especially in the playoffs, we, we certainly had it. The, the teams that made the playoffs were not too much a surprise. We had Canada, we had Northern Ontario, Alberta, and Manitoba. Those were obviously the, the top four teams. They're the only teams that were ranked in the um, top 20. And with, with the thin depth beyond that, that was pretty safe to say that uh, Canada and Alberta would have the best weeks, and, and, and they certainly did. In fact, Chelsea Carey really had the best week out of Alberta, beating Canada to start it off and then going from there. And obviously, the big surprise was Krista McCarville in Northern Ontario that just slipped through into the playoffs as the, as the, uh, the fourth team and then upsetting Manitoba by scoring in the final three ends, then doing it again to Canada in the semifinal. So there was your slight, albeit slight, drama. I mean, they were great games. All of the games in the playoffs were spectacular, and when, when Northern Ontario finally came back from a, a deficit against Canada, that... You know, there, there's not a lot of surprising outcomes like that, especially when a team as polished as Jennifer Jones' team is. You, that those types of leads that get lost, they're they're very rare. But not a ton was made of the directional sweeping, although it was prevalent, and we did see the one sweeper or the other. We we saw once in a while a a team would have to clarify, hey, which of us should be sweeping, but. It seemed to have made an effect because, you know, shot percentages were up, and with lots of shots made, I think that even made the collapses of leads in the playoffs that much more stunning. So, you know, moving forward, if this is the, the way that teams are going to sweep, then, you know, we see shots made, but ultimately we're going to see, uh, you know, level playing fields and teams starting to adapt. So, you know, this this the state is strong, but hopefully next season we have hopefully some more uh quality not quality teams. We had quality teams here, but you know, the big hitters, the the top 10 team. Well, we'll see them back next year. Obviously with Kerry uh graduating to be team Canada, that's going to open up probably a, a a better lane for Val Sweeting to get in. Uh, Jennifer Jones then going back in as Manitoba. Rachel Holman probably goes back in as Ontario, and and so on and so on. So, you know, it's, it happens. And we'll get to the Briar in a second, but I want to preview the National League Central because I'm just... Uh, we've got to bounce back and forth between these sports just a little bit, don't we? So I think we'll go with the National League Central next. And... So we're going to start with uh, the Cincinnati Reds, Joey Votto. 
that has been your Cincinnati Reds preview. And then moving on to the Brewers, which really had a tough year. They, you know, there's they, they, they might have some pitching, maybe some starting pitching and a couple of stars and, and not a to- whole lot of depth. But right now, you know, it, it's tough to worry about contending for a division when your current scandal uh, is you're, you're embroiled in the fact that maybe you replaced Hank the Dog with another lookalike. And if they're replacing lookalikes, then that might explain Jonathan Lucre's season. Going to the Pirates, now it, it's it's been a few years, and they're right there in that wildcard game. And as the second wildcard team, they're at least they're not last place for about 10 or 15 years where they were. But they're just, they're just not at that point where they can ever get to the point where they're a, a favorite to win. You know, so they're in there. You know, so it's nice to be in there. And they're, they're right there. So that's it. Pirates, they exist right there on the playoff threshold. And boy, if you would have told a Pirates fan 10 years ago that uh, they'd be in the second wildcard hunt every year, they'd say, what the heck is the second wildcard? Leaving us with the Cubs and Cardinals. Cubs, obviously... Vast, vast favorites to win with all the youth, all the pitching. Jason Hayward and getting Dexter Fowler pretty much in a, who knows, backroom deal that just, I I don't, I I can't get, that's more of a Baltimore thing, but the Cubs are just solid in every position. And because of the Cubs, I cannot wait to see how they're going to gum this one up. But the Cardinals even though on paper they may not be favored, and losing Jason Hayward is obviously going to hurt. They are the Cardinals. You're never counting them out. And all I'm going to say is just just change your password. Just just change your password. I don't know. It's completely unrelated to the Cardinals. Just change your password. No, no relation to the Cardinals here. So Cubs seem to be the favorite, and... You know, it, considering what the other teams do, Cardinals and War Pirates are obvious wild card choices because, hey, stick with what works, right? And moving on, there are, there are some out there who think that spring training isn't exciting. It doesn't have the, the, uh, the, the majesty of the regular season. And, and to those people, I just want to point out the ninth inning of the Twins and Red Sox game today. And I don't think any other way is reasonable to explain this than to basically give you the play-by-play. Pitching change, Chandler Shepard replaces Tommy Lane. Twins batting, Darren Mastriani hit by pitch. Adam Walker singles on a ground ball to left. James Beresford grounds into a double play. John Hicks doubles to center. Engelb Vielma flies out to center. Bottom of the ninth, pitching change, Michael Tonkin replaces Mike Strong. The Red Sox batting, Brennan Bosch singles on a line drive to left field. Bryce Brents called out on strikes. Sande Leone singles on a line drive to center, Bosch to second. Chris Dominguez singles on a line drive to center, Brennan Bosch scores. Sam Travis out on a sacrifice fly to right, Sande Leone scores. Devin Marrero, 
pops out to catch her in foul territory. If that doesn't excite you, then maybe spring training just isn't for you. But maybe the briar is for you. And with all the talk of the Scotty's field not being as deep as all the others, the briar field is insanely tough. Basically anyone who won their province was either the prohibitive favorite or a very famous name. Uh, so just going down the line, Steve Laycock with Saskatchewan, Jean-Michel Menard in Quebec, Adam Casey in Prince Edward Island, Glenn Howard beat in Ontario. That was the mild upset, but Glenn Howard has been here so long, you might as well think he's the favorite. Brad Jacobs out of Northern Ontario, Brad Gushu out of Newfoundland, Mike McEwen finally out of Manitoba, Jim Cotter out of British Columbia, Kevin Cooey out of Alberta, and then obviously Team Canada and Pat Simmons. With the last team being mentioned is Mike Kennedy out of New Brunswick, which is the odd team out. They are the only team not in the top 30 in Canada. In fact, they're, they're ranked somewhere down in the 80s. And even the pre-qualifying round is pretty tough. You've got Jamie Murphy in Nova Scotia. That should advance, although if you're looking for a rooting interest, you want to pick Jamie Cooey out of the Northwest Territories. Just He doesn't look like a professional athlete, but he is so fun to root for, and he seems like one of the more amicable guys on the curling circuit. Doesn't get to play all that much, but man, it's going to be kind of sad if you just see Jamie Cooey for a weekend, but um, I'm, I'm sure he'll, he'll have fun the rest of the week if something else doesn't happen, but one of those two teams will likely make it out. Obviously, Nunavut, uh, the men will make their first debut, and UConn being the other team there, so same deal as it was in the Scotties. The uh, pre-qualifying round will not be televised, although you can probably find online updates at Curling Zone, and I think Curling Geek will also be doing some game casting of those. And then once they get into the uh, actual briar, those games will be on ESPN3, leading up all the way into the finals, which will be the Sunday after next. So uh, briar is, in my opinion, not as watchable as the Scotties because there are so many teams out there that are so good at those really upweight takeouts. You know, they throw a rock the right way, and, and, and four stones just fly out of the house. So, hard, hard, not as watchable, but obviously it's the briar, so you, you pretty much have to. But with, with, this, with this being a field of death, you, you could go any which way and pick anyone from... I mean, you could say Mike McEwen's not the favorite because he's never been here before, and you've got former Briar champions from Cooey to Simmons to Menard to Howard to Jacobs, uh, and then you know Olympic gold medalist Brad Gushu. So, man, who do you pick? So, I personally, I always go for Brad Gushu. That's that's my team, and and uh, but they they don't seem like the like if we're, if we're picking the most likely team to win. It seems like Kevin Cooey's had the best season of anyone, so uh, that would be my pick there. And so all that starts in Ottawa, and I do want to have a correction. We, we here at Homers and Hammers strive for accuracy, and I did mention a couple episodes ago that the Scotties took place in Ottawa this year, and obviously that's not true. The Briars in Ottawa, and the Scotties is in Grand Prairie. So we here at Homers and Hammers regret the error. <laughs>